So if you didn't notice in your order of service, that's actually um, the words that were written by our Minister Emeritus, Reverend John Cummins, and then church member Warren Park composed the music that our choir sang. So what a beautiful gift to share with us. I love, I am grateful that the words are in our order of worship because that is so synced up with this. I mean, look outside the windows. Have you guys noticed what's happening around us in the world right now? The earth is just bursting with life. Mother Earth is bursting with life. These robins on rooftops and cardinals singing their songs and lilacs. There's just a sweet scent of lilac just like caressing the air. The crabapple blossoms, the tulips, the sunshine, the breeze, the miracle of spring, the miracle of this earth. It is for everyone, no exceptions. And that in the spirit of our sermon today. That is revolutionary. This idea that that gift, that blessing is those abundant gifts of this earth. It's extravagant love. It's sense of just giving itself away each spring. That is a revolutionary idea. It's human beings that distort that underlying reality. Human beings that say, well, no, no. Actually, some people are more deserving of the earth's blessings than others. Or they say, well, this land, this lake, this river, that's, that really belongs to me or this group of people. But this song and the reality outside reminds us of this deeper reality, that this more revolutionary truth, if you will, that we are all bound up together, interconnected, interdependent, one human family. So... I looked at this title a couple days ago when I started writing this sermon, and I was like, what? Where am I going with this sermon? Um, and, and so I think this piece is a great segue because I'm thinking about the explosion of spring, the reality of spring, this abundant life that is offered to us every spring. Um, and that revolu- revolutionary truth that it is, it is all for all of us, that the earth shares regardless of whether we're rich or poor or whatever our station in life is. And so that got me thinking about other revolutionary women, uh, that revolutionary idea of Mother Earth. These women, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, these women who refuse to live in prescribed spaces and places, these women who refuse to accept a story about the world and the way that the world was supposed to be, these women who had a much bigger vision of what was possible. So it's a daunting task, right? It's foolish to try to name all of the revolutionary women in the history of the world. Uh, And of course, I'm going to miss the majority of the revolutionary women in the history of the world. So I want to mention three, knowing there there are countless more. And I want to explore actually the thread that connects them and I think applies to our life today. So given that it's Mother's Day, let's start. I want to start with Unitarian Julia Ward Howe. Many of you know Julia Ward Howe. You know she was the author of the Battle Hymn of the Republic, this popular patriotic song that is still heard today, though it was written long ago as a song celebrating the righteousness of the Union cause in the Civil War. But as that war progressed, Julia Ward Howe saw more and more of the devastation of war. She saw orphans, she saw widows, she saw death and disease, she saw the economic devastation that played out, and this new thing began to emerge in her. The war ended, and she began to feel this deep and profound connection to every other mother in every other land and to their children. 
And it was several years after the end of the Civil War, it was 1870, that she wrote the words to a Mother's Day proclamation of peace. She wrote in part, Arise then, women of this day. Arise all women who have hearts. Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn what we have been able to teach them of charity and mercy and patience. We, the women of one country, will be too tender to those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. In 1870, Julia Ward Howe had this revolutionary vision of an annual Mother's Day for Peace a vision of women around the globe safely harboring their own children and other children. But that idea never became widespread. Today we have the Mother's Day you know, the Mother's Day that Ginger pointed to in her call to worship, very different than this original Mother's Day proclamation for peace. Nonetheless, in the spirit of the raging grannies and the code pink women, The spirit of Julia Ward Howe does live on. Last week, so I want to cover these three women briefly and then look at the threads that connect them. Last week, our guest preacher, Kenny Wiley, mentioned what is actually a really revolutionary woman in our own faith tradition, um, aside from Julia Ward Howe, this religious educator, Sophia Lyon Foz. In the 1940s, Foz helped reimagine what a compelling religious education program could look like for children and youth. In, in many ways, Lauren Wyeth in our own church is continuing that tradition of imagining a compelling program. Sophia Lyon Foz said, Our faith must take science and modern attitudes into, into consideration when we develop these curriculums. We must also draw on the wisdom of each person's experience. In her own words, we want children to come to know God or the mystery of life through their own engagement with the universe. Not because we're telling them what they're seeing and what it means, but because they're experiencing it and we're accompanying them in that interpretation. Sophia Lyon Foz is often remembered for the reading that Kenny Wiley shared last Sunday. How many of you were here and, and remember Kenny sharing that reading? Right, this is a reading that's found in the back of our hymnal that we often read around Christmas time. And the line that he kept repeating is, Each night a child is born is a holy night. Mothers and fathers, parents, sitting by their children's cribs, feel glory in the sight of new life beginning. Whenever a child is born, in other words, it is a holy moment as we seek to harbor and protect that young life, that miraculous life, we commit ourselves to that child's growth and well-being. That sentiment that Sophia Lyon Foz captures in that writing is essential to who we are. We are the faith community, the people who say there are no disposable people, there are no throwaway people. Each and every person has something of the divine in them, and our work is to call that out and to see that and to know it in ourselves. These Unitarian women, Julia Ward Howe and Sophia Lyon Foz, they essentially reminded us, and we remember this on this day of child dedications, that there are no other people's children. There are no other people's children. All children are our children. All children are holy and beloved, deserving of the green laughter of spring as they encounter the miracle of being alive. 
So this last woman I want to lift up, uh, Barack Obama, recently gave a humorous nod to this final revolutionary woman I want to lift up today. Maybe some of you watched the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yeah, all right. So, man, Obama, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss him. I, I mean, there's, I, that guy has timing and, and a sense of humor, and he has dealt with, um, I just, I look around the landscape, the political landscape these days, and it is, uh, it is really something. It is really, <laughs> it is really, it's never been more clear to me that uh, we need to, to return and re-excavate and be clear about the core values of this country, yet to be realized, but the core values of this country that talk about this deep inclusion in this democratic process where we do not marginalize and exclude and demonize, and we are far, we are far from that at this point in time. And so we have work to do. I'm not advocating for a candidate here. Uh, I'm just saying it's gotten a little weird uh, and frightening <laughs> out there. Uh, so at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, Obama said, here I am at my eighth and final appearance of this unique event, and I'm excited. If this material works well, I'll be using this at Goldman Sachs next year <laughs> and earning me some serious Tubmans. Yeah. <laughs> Earning me some serious Tubmans. He's talking about Harriet Tubman, of course. And Harriet, as you know, will be the new face on the $20 bill in a few years. And I mention Harriet Tubman in the, this little trio of women because like the women who started this movement, this new movement for black lives, Harriet Tubman had this fierce, tireless love for her people. She was so clear of like, I am not going to lose someone on this underground railroad. I am going to fight for my people, for their liberation, for their freedom. And she brought dozens and dozens of slaves into freedom, into the promised land. It was often Canada was the promised land. She was called the Moses of her people. This reference, this nod to Moses of the Old Testament who brought his people out of Egypt into freedom. She was a forced to be reckoned with. So, I probably bit off too big of a topic when I said revolutionary women, so I wanted to at least highlight those three, Julia Ward Howe, Sophia Lyon Foz, Harriet Tubman, and say, so what? So, so what does this mean for our lives? Well, there's this thread that runs through these revolutionary women, and that thread is best captured in two Hebrew words. So st stick with me this morning. It's a little bit of Hebrew. My Hebrew is not great, but you need to know these words because it captures the essence of these women and points to something that can live in us. So the first word is hesed, hesed. And the second word is rahimin. You didn't know you were going to get Hebrew lesson this morning, did you? No. So when hesed is used in the Bible, it's often used to describe the central characteristic of God. And hesed means a kind of love, mercy, grace, and kindness. It's been described in this way. Hesed is the characteristic that moves someone to act for another without asking the question, what's in it for me? It's that kind of love that makes someone just act for another. Like you're walking down the street and someone falls, and you just reach for them, help them up because you, they need help. Not because like, well, I think they'll pay me if I pick them off the ground. It's like that person needs help. Another way to think of hesed is loyal love. A loyal love that shows up in the middle of the night when kids are puking. 
You're not in like, what's in this for me? There's nothing in it for you. <laughs> like, that's just true. It's a, it's a loyal love when someone is sick and needs a cool cloth on their forehead or their brow. Or when you are exhausted and you find the strength to do what needs to be done for those you love around you. So these women, and I think all revolutionary people of that deep revolutionary love that is at the heart of things, they were infused with hesed, this loyal love that stretched way beyond themselves. So that's the first characteristic. The second is rahimin, and that is a highly emotion-filled word. It is defined as bowels, your gut. It is defined as tender love. Did someone just say, ew? <laughs> I said, gut. <laughs> yeah, like rahimin, your, your, your gut defined as tender love, as mercy, as pity. And think about where your deepest feelings live, in your gut, right? Think of the gut love you have for a child, for someone you care deeply about, for a partner, a dear friend. That is rahimin that kind of love. In Hebrew, that word is also very closely linked with the word womb. So we're talking about a womb kind of love, the kind of love one feels for a growing child inside of them, the kind of love that we feel when we want to protect a new life that is emerging into this world. And many of the biblical writers said that this was the essence of God, this kind of love, this womb love, this mercy and kindness and grace. This womb love was the essence of God. So don't get thrown off by the God language here. Think about this. Isn't it possible that these early Hebrew writers and shapers of these stories were in fact women, not men, or women who were shaping men, women who knew something about womb love and said that is the essence of this mystery that holds us. That points to the closest thing we can think of to describe that which holds all of creation, the sense of womb Love. So maybe it was these revolutionary women in the Bible whose stories are not remembered, whose names are not always recalled, but maybe it was women who said, That's, we know something about that. Couldn't that be what God is like? They could imagine that. And that kind of revolutionary love, that womb love, shaped their lives. They imagined there are no other peoples. Once that love gets a hold of you, there are no other people's children. There are no other families or human beings that aren't somehow deeply connected to you. And so Julia Ward Howe was later in her life, and Sophia Lyon Foz, it was later in her life, and Harriet Tubman and many other men and women as well, they were shaped by this deep notion of loving kindness and womb love. That's what was activated in them, that divine power. And that's the thread we can pick up this Mother's Day. We can follow that. And there's an opportunity right in front of us. You heard it from David Kakamo and Juliet when they spoke earlier in the service. In just two weeks, starting on May 22nd, we'll be hosting, I think it's four families with families moving forward. And in order to reduce the stress of having to move every week, we have committed to hosting for two consecutive weeks. So May 22nd through June 5th. 
We did this last September. We hosted families. We turned our religious education classrooms into bedrooms, into these spaces of sacred refuge and rest to support families in transition as they move to stable housing. We will make and serve breakfasts and dinners with our guests when they are here. We will practice the fragile art of hospitality and this loving kindness. And we're not doing this, not to feel good about ourselves for helping those in need. We're doing this if we're really open to the experience because these are our families. These are our people. These children we will host and these families are our children and families. And we can live out our faith by welcoming them with that womb love. We can welcome them saying with our eyes and our actions, the night that you were born, the day you were born was a holy night. We can harbor them for two weeks, giving them a place to sleep so that during the day they can work or send their kids to school or look for work. They can search for housing. This is not about us as the saviors and them as those in need. This is about all of us. It's just us. It's our children and our families because surely we are all brothers and sisters that come from the same womb of this mother earth. And we need you. We need your loyal love to help make this hosting experience happen. We still have a need for more than 40 volunteers, need for meal preparers and overnight hosts and people who will be here in the evening to play with these families and their children. You can stop by the social hall after the service to learn more. But together, with one another, with these families, we will harbor one another. We will remind one another that each night a child is born. In fact, the night you were born was a holy night. It's what we're called to do. It's the essence of this faith. It's what we're called to do together. It's why we welcome and affirm and protect the light in each human heart. It is in community, connected to one another, that we remember that there is a spirit alive in the world over which death has no dominion, a light that no darkness can extinguish, and that spirit is this revolutionary love, that womb love, that love that was alive in these women, that is alive in so many others, that is alive in the world that can live in us. This revolutionary love is what connects us to one another. It's what wipes away the false divisions that we create to distance ourselves from one another. Revolutionary love cannot tolerate and this is, this is what needs to get injected into our politics right now. People don't think of like love and politics in the same sentence. But at the heart of it, it is about the people being in some kind of respectful relationship with one another, finding ways to care for one another despite great differences. Revolutionary love cannot tolerate separation or discrimination based on gender identity, on race, on sexual orientation, on mental illness, addiction, or anything else. Revolutionary love says your birth, your life, your being, you matter because you are a child of the cosmos, a child held in womb love. So friends, where are you at this morning? Is this landing? A little bit? A titch? A titch. 
I wonder if we can help each other feel this this morning. I wonder if, like I've just been talking and I can see some people are really listening and some of you guys are like off on the rest of your Mother's Day plans and that's all good. Like we come and we land in these pews and we get what we need. But I wonder if we can really feel this sense of revolutionary love, this womb love, and if we can help one another do that this morning. Do you want to try? <laughs> do you mean, do you want to try this? So here's, here's the thing, like just take a minute to just open your heart, like whatever baggage, pain you're carrying, whatever joy you're carrying, just like let that move through you and take a breath and, and feel this very human connection with all of these hundreds of other people in this space, these amazing, miraculous creations that are next to you in the pew. So just take a breath and breathe in this space for a moment. And then... Summon some courage, summon some love, and I invite you to turn to one of your neighbors and say, you are a beloved child of this cosmos. It might feel hokey. <laughs> it probably will feel hokey, but I promise you, don't do it yet, I promise you there is a part of your soul every single day that just wants to know and be reminded of that reality. You can laugh, and like I, I sometimes laugh because it feels a little hokey, but life is hard. We carry a lot of pain, and so I invite you to turn to someone. You guys in the choir, you all know each other. This will be really easy. You can just turn to one another and just, and just say, you are a beloved child of the cosmos. Yeah, we're a little anxious. It's okay. Turn to someone. Yes, yes, this is beautiful. We're going to, let's, let's keep this moving. Did you get talked to over there? You did, okay. Yeah, good, good. Let's keep this moving. I just saw the most beautiful thing up at the front here. This little baby got whispered to. It was beautiful. This is, this is womb love, friends. This is womb love that we are practicing. And so there's a neighbor next to you that you didn't talk to yet. And so we're almost, we're almost done with this, <laughs> this moment we're experiencing together. There's a neighbor you haven't talked to yet. And so I invite you to turn to that other neighbor you haven't talked to yet and just say this. The day you were born. The day you were born, the day you came into this world, the day you were born was a holy day. So turn to a neighbor you haven't talked to yet and say, the day you were born was a holy day. I'm watching our friends. I'm watching our friends up in the the balcony, and I think they're a little bit more. They're they're engaging, but they're a little more reserved. So we are sending love up to you. <laughs> the day you were born was a holy day. 
So the heart of this, friends, the heart of this life, the heart of what we're trying to celebrate on this Mother's Day and on Father's Day, I believe, deeply believe that it is this womb love, this revolutionary love that declares fiercely and boldly and over and over again, there are no other people's children. There are no other families. It is one family and all children are our children. May you know that love, may that love live in you, and may we know the blessings of this beautiful, beautiful life. Amen.